into the contest. It's Tuesday the 26th of April. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. Tim Gilbert here and I'm joined today by the great Brisbane comedian Shad Wicker. How are you my friend? Oh mate, I'm good mate. I'm back in Brizzy. Finally out of Melbourne. Uh, living the dream in the greatest state of all. Now I saw you on Instagram <laughs> playing with your dog. Very happy to be home. Did you find a coffee in Brisbane that suited you? Oh yeah man. There's a lovely little coffee shop right near my place mate. Kelvin Grove. Little place called Gia. Yeah. It's played great. Oh, very nice. Very nice. Just overpriced generally. Better than anything I've found in Melbourne oh, mate. Oh wow. Talk about the bad. And there's no state of origin actually in uh, Queensland versus Victoria. Alright we've got a huge show on the way talking of state of origin. Ben Hunt. He was outstanding for the Dragons yesterday in a narrow win over a fast finishing Roosters team. Plenty of drama in the AFL. Boy, those pitches out of the Swans sheds were hard to watch. And Lewis Hamilton has officially given up after just three races. The Osher Group, our motto is winning connections. If you're ready for your next thoroughbred racing adventure, then join the Osher Group where a new world of excitement awaits. Australia's racing industry is enjoying unprecedented growth through a strategic, well-managed and data-driven approach. There is now a very real opportunity to build a profitable and sustainable thoroughbred portfolio. So come find us online at www.theoshergroup.com. The Osher Group, our motto is winning connections. So Shad Tyson Fury, now he was outstanding, but again, um, he says retirement's going to happen, and this time he looks like he's telling the truth. Yeah, I mean, look, I'll, I'll say I believe the man. Um, he's probably one of the funnest people to, to watch in boxing. Hey, like the sport's going to dead set miss him when he does finally hang it up. But even after saying that he's going to like sit into retirement, mm. he then turns around and talks about this hybrid match that he's going to be doing with Francis Nagano. Yeah, he loves the chat. He loves the chat. Now, <laughs> I was at uh, the SCG yesterday and I saw Sonny Bill Williams doing his thing for, for Channel 9. He's such a unit, isn't he? Like Unbelievable. And now he's coming out talking um, or talking with Jake Paul and his camp ahead of a potential fight in August. This is a weird one for me, I feel. Like, out of all of the people on the list, Sonny Bill Williams obviously sticks out like a sore thumb. I mean, you've got people on this list like Anderson Silva. Uh, we've got uh, Michael Bisping, Oscar De La Hoya. Even mm-hmm. Floyd Mayweather is on this hit list of Jake Paul. And then he says, Sonny Williams from Australia. Apparently, this is in some, like, new stages of, of uh, discussions about actually having to set it up. But... Does this is this the kind of fight that you imagine Jake Paul doing? This is a guy that likes millions of pay-per-view hits. You know, is anyone really going to care about the ex-rugby league star that, in my mind, I still feel like Sonny Bill Williams has only had a handful of fights? Yeah, maybe he wants to get a footprint in the, in the South Pacific, but uh, Sonny Bill Williams is the kind of guy, like, uh, across his league and his union career that's always sort of mixed and moved in, in a zone just above most other players. So that would sort of fit his storyline, that's for sure. Now, uh, at the SCG yesterday, Ben Hunt, uh, look, it was fantastic, of course. The day always is uh, Anzac Day in the way that sport um, – uh, you know, pays homage to Anzac Day, both in Sydney and Melbourne. Um, but let's start with uh, Sydney because Ben Hunt was just brilliant. And look, I said this at the start of the year with you, and I think you agreed that he is one of the best players in the comp. And, and, and games like yesterday show why. Yeah, I mean, it was obviously, I mean, it's not hard to say that it wasn't 
pretty much all on him to get him that crazy win over the Roosters at the SCG. I mean, not just for that 40-20, the knockdown of that pass, just the effort that he was throwing out there for St. George was exactly what they needed to pull up. What I was thought was a massive upset. I had thought that the Roosters were going to walk all over St. George at the Anzac Day game. But, uh, yeah, I love Ben Hunt, but and I'm, I'm going to say this while Shane's not here at the podcast. He should be on a different team. I mean, he'd be getting way more success, I feel like, if he wasn't at the Dragons. And any team would love him right now, seeing as there is a drought when it comes to halves right now. Yeah, and it was a game of two halves, wasn't it? They were 14-0 at half time, and the fast-finishing Roosters. I don't reckon Trent Robinson would have been happy with some of his star players yesterday. They were just full of mistakes on uh, one of the biggest stages. And, um, look, thankfully you signed that paperwork on Sunday, which officially (laughs) moved you from a Warriors supporter to a (laughs) Dolphins supporter because... Uh, last night was horrible. Um, Unbelievable. 70 points to 10. I mean, that is that is just off the charts. Yeah, I mean, it's insane to watch that just constantly tick over. I mean, obviously there's a few war- injuries on the Warriors as well. But, mm. man, the fact that it, at half time it looked like a competitive game was on our hands. Like, that's the thing that's insane to me. Like, they were still within reach. And then it was just open up the floodgates. Oh, yeah. It was pitiful. I, c- I couldn't believe it, really. Um, now, these Panthers fans, uh, they've been labelled cocky again. Of course, it was uh, it was a good win, uh, like a thrashing win in the end. But it didn't start that way. Canberra were right in the contest. You know, Penrith scored a try, Canberra scored a try, and then they, they lost their way, Canberra. But uh, it, it got a little bit vigorous and physical on the field afterwards and, uh, you know, in the crowd. Yeah, I mean, look, a lot of people are a lot of people are getting upset about the Viking clap that took place in the Panthers stadium. I've got to say, look, mm. it's, it's arrogant when you're on the top of the table. You know what I mean? Like, I just think that the fans, the Penrith fans are finally really buying into just how unbelievable this team is looking. We can sit here and complain about them needing to be humble as much as we want, but you know what? I say go for it. I love a bit of colourfulness in the crowd. I love that it was against Ricky Stewart's Canberra Raiders, and I also love that Mick Annis immediately withdrew himself from the conversation when they commented on it during the broadcast. Basically said, oh, I can't comment on doing the Viking clap to Canberra players because he literally did it throughout his whole career. <laughs> oh, yeah, and it's the menace. Um, but I'll tell you what, if you had to frame a market at the moment, uh, a Melbourne-Penrith grand final would be odds-on, wouldn't it? Oh, huge. And I think, you know, it's pretty clear that, uh, you know, they are the two premier sides in the comp right now. I think this is going to be a similar season to I mean, maybe last season and the season before where we were just waiting for that matchup to hit the calendar to see who's going to come out on top. Yeah, I'll tell you what, and look, uh, Melbourne Melbourne just looks so good as well. It's, you know, it's no lay down Mazzea that Penrith will go back to back because Melbourne do look very good. And it's, again, uh, just proof of why this guy is arguably the greatest ever club coach because he just changes players. He changes moderate players into superstars. Now, we always like a fairy tale story to end well, um, but doesn't always happen that way, does it? Um, Alex McKinnon, of course, had that horrific injury in the game that ended up in a wheelchair and, you know, the love story with his uh, wife, Tegan. But they've broken up after 12 years. I think it shocked quite a few people. Yeah, pretty crazy one to hear down there in uh, in Newcastle as well. But, um, I mean, look, it doesn't take away from just how inspiring Alex McKinnon's story has been. Um, and, like, well, it's interesting to see where his career is now moving to. He's now doing some stuff with Fox Sports. But psychology on the horizon for Alex McKinnon as well, the boy from Aberdeen. 
Mm, yeah, absolutely. And uh, it happens in every part of life. So uh, you can't change the direction of the wind, but you can adjust your sails. Isn't that the saying? All right, plenty more to come. We've got soccer to chat. We've got AFL, F1, tennis, and much, much more. Now, this shot of uh, Paddy McCartan, the injured Swans star, another head knock. Um, he's had a he's had a bludger of a run, hasn't he? It was hard to watch. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of hard as well with concussions. I mean, this is such a huge topic over the last few years mm. in sport in general. So every team wants to be careful, but. Yeah, I mean, I hate to say this about a guy who's trying to chase his dream and get back, but this is, what, his ninth concussion, I believe, throughout his career. And this is a guy that has worked so hard to get back onto the field. I mean, even travelling over the US to try and find someone to help him with his rehab when it came to all these concussion injuries. It's not to say that the one that he knocked wasn't a, uh, you know, it wasn't one to just, you know, stick your nose up at. He copped a knee to the back of the head in full flight in that Swans game. So it's not like it was an iffy one that he got caught off on. But you hate seeing a player sitting in the sheds trying to bargain with his team to get back on the field. I mean, it was, yeah, it was pretty hard to watch, hey? Yeah, it was, and as was uh, the finish of that Collingwood Essendon game, because after an extraordinary day with you know ninety odd thousand people uh, back to some sort of normality after a couple of years of COVID interruption, and uh, this rising star is such a talent, Jack and Evan from Collingwood, and he was just given that woeful reception uh, during. You'd only call it ugly, wouldn't you, um, on a day like that? Yeah, I mean, look, we don't want to see booing uh, on a, on an Anzac Day game. I mean, again, it's kind of weird, isn't it? Because you'd think if it wasn't an Anzac Day game, you'd almost be like, oh, look, you know, they don't like the guy because he's pretty much towed them up through the whole like whole bloody game. Mm. But you kind of think, this is the Anzac Day game. Let's show a little bit of decorum. For mine, it was a bit of a surprise that it was uh, – a Collingwood, it wasn't a Collingwood fan getting in trouble for doing something stupid in the crowd. Yeah, they've been they've been known to. He's brash. He's nineteen. He's all those things that you know upset people. Oh, you're too cocky. All this sort of stuff. Now, Lewis mm. Hamilton, he's officially given up after just three races. This is unthinkable. A few years ago. Oh, mate, absolutely insane. I tell you what, I like most of the people around the country right now have been getting really into F1 Drive for Survival. Um, so mm. the F1 has been really consuming my life lately, but it's a, a huge fall from grace uh, when you think about it. The first time that uh, they haven't made the top 10 in over a decade. But you know what? This is a guy that has won. He's arguably the greatest driver ever. Mm. So if he reckons that there's no chance of them making it back in, you're probably going to take it as gospel, aren't you? Yeah, I think you'd know him. I think you'd be taking what he says is on the money. Um, what about Novak Djokovic? Uh, he's, uh, that was a pretty ugly snap for him, an ugly photo. Oh, look, mate, I mean, I've got no time now for Novak. I mean, we're all kind of sitting there, aren't we? This guy's a PR disaster, don't you reckon? I mean, every time he gets an opportunity, he seems to be able to squander it immediately. Yeah, um, and and the thing is, look, he just doesn't look like he's learnt anything, does he? Or he doesn't care, he doesn't really want to learn. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, look, it's just hard to sit here and be like, oh, another accident involving a ball boy. It's like, mate. Temper, like get your little temper tantrums together. You're supposed to be the top dog of, of world tennis. You've already annoyed enough people as it is. Maybe there's a perfect time for you to maybe, you know, zip it and just play some tennis, let the tennis do the talking. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, and again, for those that missed the story, he's, he's attracting criticism after he appeared to send his racket at a ball boy standing to the side of the net. He, he's apologised again, saying, oh, no, I, I was just tired. And look, it just doesn't wash after a while. Now, Nick Kyrgios, um, he wasn't playing tennis, unfortunately. He was playing basketball in that celebrity game ahead of the Kings uh, against Dominic Perrottet and others. He, he always said that he could have been a basketballer and it was on show. Yeah, mate. I'd say what I love a rejection in, uh, in basketball and I tell that's what a ticket to have in your back pocket to say that you absolutely dominated the Premier of New South Wales. Oh, yeah. And he's got so much ability, hasn't he, Kyrgios? It's a bit like his tennis. You watch him play tennis and you think, this is why you frustrate us because you can, you can see how good he is. You can just see in him so much natural ability and uh, he doesn't live up to expectation. It's like one of those kids. Did you have a kid at school that was just absolutely brilliant at everything? Oh, 100%. You know what I mean? Like, I grew up in little country towns. Once You've always got the people that are making state for the runs and that, and then you turn around and you go, why didn't they ever make it? You know what I mean? I think you're on the bunny, though, when it comes to, like, you see all this amazing ability from Kyrgios, and you go, why? Why don't we see it on the court? All that kind of stuff. But he's, he's always said that his passion was basketball. Like, he's always said that that's the sport that he loves. But every single time he gets an opportunity to do something, he'll only do it for a small period. It's like you'll get five minutes of brilliance because that just speaks to his mental aptitude, I think. He doesn't have it in him to do that whole, I'm going to do this for an entire match of tennis. I'm going to do this for an entire game of basketball. I'm going to do this all day. Like he doesn't have that killer instinct that I think you see a lot of other athletes have. Yeah, and you see him do that shot between the legs and sometimes it comes off, sometimes it is absolutely embarrassing. Now, to finish off today, mate, the NBA and security guards often cop it uh, on the show, but we've got to give one a, a wrap. It was an NBA <laughs> game, Minnesota Timberwolves, Memphis Grizzlies, and a female security guard became an instant hero after showing what appeared to be like a sixth sense. She just reacted so quick and poleaxed a protester. Oh man, this is great to watch. You can actually tell, like, we don't get the backstory of this of this whole scenario, but you can tell that this security guard had eyes for this girl the entire time. Like, just had oh, I'm going to rush the court written all over her. She probably got what one step onto the court before this security guard basically leapt over a row of chairs immediately as this girl stood up and took her down so hard she might even get a call up from the NFL. Absolutely. That's it for Afternoon Sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. Shad, it's always a big thank you to our sponsors. Yeah, massive thanks to the Osher Group for today's app. Yeah, love the thoroughbred racing myself. And, of course, thank you to our producer, Dan McHugh. We're back tomorrow with your daily dose of sport. See you then, guys. Building Resilience Podcast. They play in different arenas, but sports and business have massive similarities. Elite athletes and top business leaders flourish through the physical and psychological demands their high-stress careers place on them. The Building Resilience podcast explores the world of sport and deconstructs the tools and ethos of world-class athletes that can help us create growth and optimize business and life. Come find the Building Resilience podcast on your favorite podcast app.